0: Welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LePanta coming to you from Elsie's in Northeast Minneapolis on this beautiful uh, Tuesday night. Uh, absolutely gorgeous day here in the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, Anthony, about two and a half hours ago, texted me asking me if you we were at Elsie's or Tuttle's tonight. I almost uh, wrote him back. Uh, well, according to the 25 tweets that I've put tagging you, it's at Elsie's.
1: There's a chance I missed him.
0: Yeah. You know, most people would know to, you know, I'll scroll Twitter first, but why
1: do that? Yeah, I was in the middle of football practice. I just needed to know what time I had to leave the film room. We were having a film session after practice. I sometimes have limited service once you get inside, so I figured I better text you before I yeah. went in there. I should have told
0: you somewhere in, like, you know, Albertville or Mankato or something just to yeah. scare the heck out of you. Actually, nothing scares the heck wouldn't out of you. It wouldn't have scared me. I would have just yeah. driven there. Yeah, that's true. Um, so thanks, as always, for coming on out to Elsie's and to all the Tuttle's restaurants to see us. Um, Grain Belt uh, is also a uh, awesome sponsor of this show. Two for ones, as always, at every single Worst East in the House podcast. So take advantage of that tonight here at Elsie's. A couple real fun shows coming up here uh, next month. Uh, Anthony, uh, Grillathon. Anthony's uh, what third that we've done at a Kowalski's. This one we're going to the Woodbury location on September 14th at 6 p.m. Anthony's going to be grilling steaks outside. I was out at uh, Kowalski's yesterday, um, and it's it's an incredible uh, Kowalski's. And there's an awesome outdoor patio area that I assume is where we're going to be. So we'll have the grill set up, and Anthony will be cooking steak for everybody.
1: Yeah, I stopped out there today. In fact.
0: At and, the one in Woodbury? the one in Woodbury. Yeah, that's pre-scout?
1: A no, well, it just happened to be in the neighborhood, but it was, I love that Kowalski's. Yeah, it's, and it's a, great a great one. Way. It'll be fun. Troy Schmeling, I think, will be there to grill along with me. He's outstanding. Really knowledgeable steak guy if you're not only interested in tasting, but if you want to learn more about their steaks and where they get them and all that kind of stuff, he's great. And that'll be it'll be terrific. It'll be fun.
0: Yep. And uh, last time we did one of these, uh, Troy beat the crap out of uh, Anthony in the Grillathon. So uh, definitely. It was, uh, coming it was out. just
1: a loss. Yeah. It, we don't have to exaggerate on that. It was I a think loss. It
0: was a, it was a va- like a just dominating effort by him. Uh, everybody, it was a unanimous decision. His steak tasted better than yours. Um, so uh, definitely come on out. That's September 14th at 6 p.m. And then the real fun show is the first day of wild training camp is September 21st uh, uh, down at uh, Trier Rink. And after those three practices lasting about eight hours, I'll be coming down here to break it all down with you. Uh, so September 21st, first day of training camp here at 7 p.m. at Elsie's. So uh, definitely come on out uh, for that. Uh, Anthony, as you know, I've been jet-setting all over the world lately, um, and just got back from Stockholm the other day and wanted to tell you all about my trip there. Um, First of all, it was my first ever time in uh, Sweden, and just what a gorgeous country. Um, I am really, really hoping that, Anthony, uh, you're going to be on that trip to uh, call the games uh, in person there come November, because... um, Already, I've pre-scouted a lot of, pl- it was like a reconnaissance mission uh, <laughs> paid by The Athletic for me to go just find us restaurants and cool places to walk. Are you to willing to put
1: at risk for the whole season, I am. your yep. restaurant yep. and wine bar yeah. type, you lose credibility quickly sometimes yeah. in your past.
0: Well, you know, so the first place I want to bring you is this restaurant called Pelican, P-E-L-I-K-A-N. It's an authentic Swedish restaurant, Ufa Bodin, who's a great, great, Swedish journalist, one of the best hockey writers out there, uh, brought Elliot Freeman and, um, and Emil, his uh, podcast producer, and me out to this uh, uh, restaurant. And then, um, well, first of all, I show up there, I walk like 35 minutes from my hotel to get to this place. I get there, and I, uh, I see this coffee shop, and I forget what it was called, but right away it would be like, you and I, if we were walking by, we would hit the brakes and go there. And I grab for my wallet, and I don't have my wallet. So I'm going to dinner with Elliot Friedman, and I need to text him immediately. You're like, you're not going to believe this. And this never happens to me. Like, I don't forget. My, I'm not, I don't do that. Uh, but I forgot my wallet. And uh, Elliot uh, was like, all right, I'll cover you. Then he had to teach me how that you could actually use Apple Pay. I didn't know that everywhere in Sweden they, they have, like, Apple Pay that you could basically use your phone. So I, I, Elliot didn't have to cover me. But this restaurant, authentic Swedish food, uh, drinks, the wine, everything. Um, and it was just packed and it, it, you, it was like old school, like Europe. It was just amazing.
1: What's authentic Swedish food?
0: Um, a lot of meatballs.
1: That's the only thing I know of it.
0: Yeah. Um, there was a lot of other stuff, but it was all in Swedish. So So that's
1: it. So we can have meatballs. The Reconnaissance tells us that we can have meatballs and coffee.
0: I found a great Italian place. Found a lot of cocktail bars that you were gonna love. There's, there's this like square that overlooks the Nobel Prize Museum, and at night it's just amazing. And every single like outdoor patio. I don't know what the weather is gonna be like in November, uh, but uh, it's just uh, like, like just incredibly cool, like you know, like trendy type bars and things like I've that. I have
1: heard it's an incredibly yeah. clean city and modern. But, yep. Old
0: Town's amazing. Your hotel that you'd be staying at is awesome. Uh, we're there a week, so I'll get the Marriott points uh, at somewhere else. Um, but uh, And again, I don't know what the weather's going to be like in November, but the one thing that I did on the Thursday, which was a sightseeing day for me, um, is I went on a, a boat. And you know, Stockholm, as we talked about before, it's 14 islands. And so I went on a boat to a bunch of them, went to d- uh, lunch in this place called Vux- Vuxholm, and um but it was just yeah, I don't know, it was just an outstanding trip, uh it was fun. But uh the cool thing about it, so on the so Monday I get there, made the mistake of going to sleep, was up the rest of the night.
1: It's Wake up just shocking you'd make that mistake yeah, I know. on a European was, trip.
0: Well, I just didn't sleep on the entire flight there, and then I get right, there. Because you uh, only had
1: you probably yeah. had a bed. I did. I did have a right. sleeper bed, and so I was watching. You travel in a bed and right. can never sleep on the flight, and then well, here's the up funny thing. For days, yeah. every time we go to Europe, I know you should just sit back and roll 43 with with Margot and I. Yeah,
0: and just take a bunch of sleeping pills and go to sleep.
1: So here's the one one thing that was
0: cool. Is on well, that we like visit. Yeah. So I, I uh, so I, I, you know, they have the Delta uh, entertainment system, and they had stand by me on there. so I watched over there. And then I wake up Tuesday morning, I get on a train, I go to Karlstad, and you were taking a train through the Swedish wilderness, right through the forest. And as we're going through there, I'm thinking how appropriate it was that I watched Stand by me on the way to uh, visit Joel Erickson Eck. So,
1: Very appropriate. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, well, you know what happened in Stand by me. So, uh, so, uh <laughs> Kid got hit by a train, I and then they go I and know search where, for I him. Know yeah. the story. Yep, River Phoenix, Will, whatever his name is, all that. Uh, actually, the the cast of that Richard Dreyfuss, Keith Southern. incredible. Oh yeah, like it's just uh, isn't John Cusack's the brother. Um, I think it's John Cusack's the brother. So uh, really cool uh, uh, trip to go visit Erickson Eck. So I take this two and a half hour train ride to go visit Eck, um, like two forty five, um, and I get in there, and the I'm like, how is this guy going to be able to find me? And then you realize it's Karlstad. It's not a huge train station. As we're going by at the platform, there I see Ecker. You know, so he's waiting for me at the train station, which right away is just you know shows you about his hospitality. We get in his car. He gives me a tour of the town, and then he brings me over to his childhood home, which his parents still live in. And I walk in there, and he—it's really neat. First of all, his like childhood bed. They've renovated a couple of things that him and his brother used to. Basically, so play hockey and messed up like the garage and things like that. But his childhood bedroom, which is you know not very big, his first year in the NHL in the offseason, he still went back there and and lived in there. It's just hilarious. And um, so then I, you know, we walk in the kitchen. I meet his father, and there's already a feast. You could see they've got sandwiches set up for me, desserts, all this stuff. We go on this pristine patio that looked reminded me of Marco Rossi's home last year uh, that when I visited him. And this patio is just right out of like a catalog. And he and I sit there for a couple hours. I interview him, his dad's coming in and out, f- refilling things for us, made unbelievable coffee. His mom comes in uh, from the bike and I interview them both. And so I wound up being at his house for like three hours. And then I am leaving and they insist on me taking like dinner back for the train because even though my train was easy to get there, his dad promised me that my way back was gonna be a nightmare. Like and I'm like no way you know it won't be it took forever to get back cuz there was like one because there's like one train track that is basically like uh closed so we would stop like five different times for like 25 minutes as trains kept on going by us so I'm glad that that was really nice of them to do but then Eric kept on getting these notifications that my train was delayed so he like then brings me to Forestad the rink the arena um, and gives me a whole tour of the arena where he played, his dad played, his dad won three titles as a player, two as a coach, and he's taking pictures with his dad, like, you know, uh, posters on the wall, and there's a sauna in the corner. I mean, it's just uh, it's an incredible arena. Then he brings me to the practice rink, and the first person we run into is Ricard Wallin, the f- former uh, Wild uh, player that I yeah. covered one training camp here and he runs that whole program he was telling me about them how they got ogre over there and things like that and then again uh, uh, we left and he gave me a tour of the whole town dropped me off the train station away we went it was just a you know example 1 million of why i cover this sport
1: great people yeah and and so they're just all no matter who you talk to about it they are they just want to talk about their hometown they want to yeah. share it with you and so it does none of it surprises me and he's such a quality guy and i had met his dad on a couple of those mentor trips. His dad's a terrific guy, and it does, none of it surprises me. Yeah. Just, he's, such a, he's such a great guy, and, and you're right. Every one of those players, when you get them talking about their life and their hometown and the people from their hometown, they're just so proud of it.
0: And it's why I think that this trip for the Wild is going to be so cool when we go there in November because the Wild have five players on there. Well, four Swedes, but you know they might bring Valstead just as a third goalie because you would want a third goalie there. So you could have five Swedes there. Ogren's there as well. Um, you know, I just think that they're going to really just be so proud to not only, uh, you know, have all their ho- their friends and family pack this arena, Avicii Arena, by the way, uh, named after uh, the DJ that, that, that uh, sadly passed away you know, four or five years ago. But um, but um, and it's an impossible ticket to get so they're going to be so proud to have their family and friends play to play in front of them but i think they're going to be so proud to show their home country to their teammates here yeah. you know brodine and sure. johansson absolutely. and eck and gus and obviously Volstadt. so i think that's really cool then the wednesday morning i wake up early i go down there i sit down with uh, gustason for 25 minutes and that turned out to be an absolutely hilarious interview uh eck filled me up with Dirt that I am that I used um, uh, clearly to pepper Gus uh, with questions that turned out to be a funny interview, and uh, so got him. And then I and then it was cool for so I was the only North American print journalist or website journalist, whatever you want to call us there. Um, so the entire so I had exclusive access only me to all these European stars in the NHL, and so I just got 15 minutes each with. 20-some-odd players, and it was uh, it was really neat.
1: Oh, I'll be anxious to see what you do with all that information. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> I'm dreading it right now.
1: So I'm writing
0: Gustafson tomorrow. Um, Eric Snack I'll write more, when more eyes are
1: interesting because we spend enough time with him that you can tell – that the guy is quirky enough that he really amuses the rest of the team. Yes. And I don't think he realizes that he's amusing them. He's just him. Yeah. He's just a flaky guy that yeah. – And there's something about him that just seems to make everybody else
0: laugh. laugh. Yeah. And, and it, that's and it exactly. intentional. Yeah. yeah that's, I, I just talked to somebody today that was telling me that, like, he'll just – like, on a night that he's starting or even in between periods, he'll just go up to, like, the trainers and start talking about, like, UFOs and – aliens and stuff it's
1: like this is his way to get comfortable um i think it's just what's on his mind yeah <laughs> i don't think it's like hey this is what i do on game day i think of something i think it's yeah. just oh i wonder about what they think about ufos yeah and, and it could be between periods yeah he's uh
0: so that'll be a fun story hopefully that, you know hopefully that one i you know it wasn't me in his hometown but it was just it was really neat to uh to do uh to do to go over there and i'm glad the Athletics sent me so it'll be a really cool thing and um, yeah, and
1: I'm hopeful that we're that we get those games. I'm optimistic. I can't imagine national TV when they can only take twelve or thirteen from the wild, and they will. They take the max every year from us. I just can't imagine that. Number one, it's Canadian opponents, which bodes well for us. Number two, the time of game is in the middle of the day here, so I just I'm I'm optimistic that we'll wind up with those games on Valley Sports North. Yeah.
0: By the way, the train station just like. Sp- like spectacular like clean as whistle there's a starbucks better than
1: the one where the trains went on a boat uh that
0: one was pretty fun too (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: you want to remind people of that story well it's just our trains from sicily to rome got on a boat to go across to the mainland what was the story uh when we were getting back on the on the thing where Mark
0: was it you Uh, or margo got
1: lost it, it wasn't me (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I got in a little trouble for that one. It was So the, these trains get on a boat, and there was a... It so was just a, to it remind was a, people, our, yeah.
3: our
0: freaking airport caught on fire and closed yeah. in Catania. So we
1: ended up having to take a train from yeah. from. Pol- we were, at the time, we were in Catania, had to take a train that brought us to Rome. And, and just it, to
0: let people know at home, uh, Catania is in Sicily, which is an island. It's not very easy to right. take a train... No, and there's no bridge. It, it was a clown see, show wrong. getting
1: on the trains in the first place. But we there's two trains that have the same number, and there were some communication barriers. But the bottom line is, we get on our train and and we're in the right car. And we the train pulls onto a boat. The boat's going to go across to Calabria. Well, I said I want to get out and go upstairs. There were steps going upstairs. I want to walk out there and see what I want to see what it looks like. And Margot says, no, I do not want to leave the train. I don't think it's safe. I was like, all right, whatever. So I go up the steps upstairs. Well, it turns out shortly after I left that they came down and said, you can't stay on the train while the boat's going across. You have to get off your train car. So she came upstairs. I didn't know she had come upstairs. I thought she was still down in the car. So I never saw her. And we take the boat across to Calabria. So we get there, and I walk back downstairs to get on the train car. And... As I'm walking, I see Margot walking aimlessly between these two train cars. Sense of direction is not her strong suit. And uh, she'll be listening to this later. I can, I always, I'd can—I say it to her face, too. I mean, she could get lost in a car wash, it's really remarkable. And so she's walking between these train cars, and I'm yelling her name because she's gone past our car. And I'm like, Margot, Margot. And it's kind of loud down there. And so finally, I start. I clap really loudly <laughs> to get her attention, and she tells the story that it was just as she saw our car and knew that that was where she was supposed to go. I didn't. I was just. I didn't know where she was going to go, and they were yelling at us to get on the. Train car at that time. Right. And so just
0: so people know, like the way they d- d- to fit the trains on there, they have to split the train up into like, like thirds right. or fourths. So yeah. if you don't get on the right train, you're it could you be might not see you again. And that was
1: part of it. we had. They both had the same number, but they were two separate trains. They right. were going to connect once we got off on the mainland. So. It was Margot that got lost. It was me that got in trouble for clapping at her. She claimed (laughs) like a dog to try to get her attention to come back on the train. (laughs) That's hilarious. So then, and you'll like this part of the story, which I didn't know, well, that's part of the story, is so we get in our train, and our car was sparsely populated. I think there were five of us from our trip, and then maybe, like, two other guys, one of whom really smelled, but he was a few rows away. That's another part of the story. But Margot said she was telling this story, and I didn't realize it. She said, "So I was so mad that I didn't speak to him." This, so I think from the time we got there to Rome, it was like six or seven more hours on the train, if I remember. Yeah, right.
0: it was a long time. So, so
1: I didn't speak to him for the first three hours of the train ride, and I, I honestly didn't notice. I was, I was <laughs> reading, and she was jabbering with other, the other people, and. She said, he probably doesn't even know that I was mad. And I said, I really didn't. <laughs> so it was, uh, that was not, it was not great, but we were fine by the time we got to Rome. So yeah, that, was, yeah, that you, worked out you, well. Yeah, you, you made up. Yeah. But uh,
0: yeah, I, I knew something was on and I was on a different train, which is a whole other story. Like <laughs>
1: yeah. I
0: basically abandoned the group and bought train tickets on another train to get up to Rome two which hours before shocking, everybody else, by the way. right?
1: It was shocking that you, wouldn't just relax and wait till somebody else bought your train ticket that you have i gotta get a train ticket right now right now <laughs> i thought we were gonna get like <laughs> i'm never stuck gonna get to rome <laughs> yeah i thought i like
0: i had a trip to, i was going to charleston to, to hang like a we couple weren't days leaving later.
1: until the next day
0: i know that but uh like the, the place was on fire there was only <laughs> one other airport I, I had spent all day, on the, all morning on the phone with Michael Kenny trying to buy us plane tickets, and they're like, there's nothing out of Palermo. And when I heard that, I'm like, boom. I'm not waiting for everybody else to get a train ticket. I'm out of here. So basically, I banded the trip. Right. Um, got there a couple hours Some before Some of the rest everybody.
1: of us were looking out for the other 33. Yeah. You were just. Hey, mixed. I went on the uh, yeah.
0: fast train, by the way, the uh, right. Supersonic. I don't and these guys went on the, the local. I don't the rest of
1: the group. We'll see if you guys get there. Yeah. I'm getting home. It was
0: awesome. Checked in my hotel, showered this up, This is your for host, dinner. Michael
1: Russo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, so, remember the fro. Michael, it, uh, where's your tour group? Yeah. They're still in <laughs> Sicily. The
0: the the best thing is uh, at, at this trip. I didn't even fly with you guys, which is another story. Um, I I went on my own. But the, one of my favorite ones was remember. W- there was one trip where we went. Was it Tuscany or? Or Innsbruck or whatever, where like I was, everybody was I was in first class <laughs> Delta One, and everybody was in the back, and that and the, that was the way that everybody like met me as they walked by me and I just shook their hand as they were walking by me in Delta One. Right. Yeah. So that come is, on these trips, by the way, yeah. they're just an absolute blast. Yeah, uh, right. you know, Next next You'll year's be, be well great.
1: cared for by your host. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why we have two
0: because I know that you will take care I'll of it. I'll sit everybody. back
1: and roll forty three with the rest of them. Yeah, there we'll, is. We'll drink right. the lesser wine. I made it, it just... very
0: clear to Michael Kenny when I got this, uh, when, we, when we, decide, we decided to do these trips, this was, this was my fourth or fifth, I can't even remember. And I said, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going to be in row 43. So, uh, so, so I, that was it. Or if it
1: were me, I would just choose then to be the last one on the plane so that nobody, nobody sees me. me. Yeah. <laughs> I would just kind of, I would sneak yeah. on with my tail between my yeah. legs. And Actually,
0: that was, so the, it just dawned on me, so the trip that I was in first class where nobody else was. Um, what was uh, the first one I ever did. That one it was supposed to be Suhan and me. It was through this. Suhan, like last minute, backs out. And now it's just me going to, um, dub- uh, it was uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Belfast, and Dublin. And that one was the one where at the airport, I didn't even like, meet any of the people that were on the trip. I like, met them at baggage claim. They, so they were all on the same flight as me going to Dublin or Edinburgh. But I
1: met them at baggage
0: claim. I in know Edinburgh. there was
1: another one where you and your mom were sitting in the first row when everybody else that was got that on was not first
0: class. That was just like uh, you know United Comfort. That was the one
1: to Tuscany. No, it was the you guys had the bed seats with your feet stretched out. Oh
0: really? Yeah. Okay. That was nice of me to set up. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So
1: I guess we've done it a couple because of times. Because so, as we were walking on, it was, Michael got us the first <laughs> row. And I was like, well, good for Michael. That's great.
0: I do remember that actually (laughs) the summer season uh, selling season is here. Be proactive and take action today. Even if you're not quite ready to sell your home, so you can be better informed and ready to move when the time is right. Sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer from Chris Lindell real estate. There are no showings, no decluttering, no repairs and no stress. It's the easiest way to sell your home. They keep you in control so you can sell your home fast fast. Uh, you could pick your closing date and move when it's convenient for you. To find out what your guaranteed cash offer would be, we'll go to chrislandell.com. There's no obligation. Again, chrislandell.com or go call 763 401 sold, close with confidence, and start packing. Terms and conditions imp- apply. Uh, here's a word from Bosch Law Firm.
1: Hey Aki fans, Jerry Bosch here again from Boche Law Firm and WorkCompexperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Boche Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Boche Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. It might not feel like it right now with hot weather outside, but fall's just around the corner, so if you're getting ready for the new season with the need for new clothing, check out Twill at the Galleria in Edina. It's a great place to shop if you're returning to work, returning to the office, returning to travel, They've got great people there who can help you. They've got different sport shirts, sport coat options, and they'll be able to put you in the right kind of clothing for whatever your situation might be. Check it out. It's at Twill, the Galleria in Edina. Uh, why are we here again?
0: Oh, to talk about the Wild. Um, what is there I, to talk about I the Wild? I played golf
1: with the Wild coaches today. Nice. I, got, I, t- I, I texted our, with I, one of the, I, uh,
0: I, the head guy today.
1: I met our newest assistant coach. Nice. Yeah, Jason pl- he, King. Jason King. He played. With, he was in my group today. Which Is was he fun. good? He, great. Um, he, his game was a little rusty, but <laughs> Bob Woods about halfway through the round said, yeah, you're going you're gonna to realize how much golf you've signed on for by taking this job. Yeah. And Dean has a way of, of keeping everybody's game. But he, he got better as the round went on. He's, yeah. And he's a decent player, but a great guy. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think he'll be a great addition to the staff um spent the last three years living in vancouver so yeah. well, i can tell you that
0: um when the wild hired him i texted mike yo i texted bruce boudreau and i texted rick tockett obviously all with vancouver ties yeah and everyone raved about
1: yeah him. great guy yeah. and it is, he's got a, a couple of boys that are high school age and for them it'll be a little bit of a shock moving into suburban twin cities after living in downtown vancouver for the last three years but he's looking forward to that, and just a great guy. I think he'll be a great addition to the staff. And it was fun to spend four and a half hours with him today. On the actually, we got to spend about an extra forty-five minutes together afterward because Dean's group was behind us, and they were so slow. They were three holes behind us. I tried to yell across to him when we finished. They were on the sixth green. We played the back first. I said, "Hey, how many stroke penalty is it for slow play?" Because it was our group against theirs, and Dean claimed it was because. One of the guys in our group used a uh, motor cart, but I don't know what that had to do with how slow his group was. <laughs> he was unwilling <laughs> to take the penalty, so we tied yeah. the match. But the two strokes were not assessed. Did He, he must have won today because he was no, in a he, good mood no, when I texted him. he did not win today. Oh, interesting. And we tied the group against group, but in his group, I don't think it went too well for him today. From, what the, from the chirping that was going on at the table, I don't think it was his best day.
0: Hmm, Interesting.
1: Um, so, uh but he put, we played these, there's two foursomes, and he sets them up, and he sets up the tee time, it's great, and I'm just thankful to be a part of it, and we joke all the time about, like, you know, he'll, he might give me some information from time to time on who's playing or something, and he said, if this gets out, no more golf invites for you, which is about the worst penalty he could assess. But he, um today, he, the, one of the guys in the group was the pro from the course, and shockingly, he was on Dean's team. So, yeah, I'll take the pro, and then you guys play in that group. It's like the way you set up your fantasy hockey league.
0: It's all sorts of, like... like,
1: it's, I'm on my own
0: team. So are you. Yeah, but no, but all <laughs> the rules are, like, swayed toward making right. sure that you're good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they've been the same for 12 years. You
0: wrote the rule. He calls it the collective bargaining agreement. It was freaking singularly bargained. <laughs> well, there were two of
1: us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you and Chad, which is basically the same brand. So
1: continue. Uh, so uh, that was really the end of the story. Was just that it was. That great you almost got
0: banned if you told me.
1: anything? No, no, no. That it was just great to meet Jason King today, and I think he'll be a great addition to the staff. Seems to be the right kind of. And he was. He had nothing but good things to say about the interactions he's had with the staff already. Just that. Which, you know, you and I both know it's a collaborative staff. Dean fosters yeah. that. He's a, an inclusive guy, not an ego guy where it's got to be. If, I, if it worked, it was my idea. If it didn't, I don't know who the hell thought of this. Where Dean is more a we do this, we did mm-hmm. this. It's our power play. It's our penalty kill. It's not mine or Bob's or somebody else's. And I think he's going to be great, and I think, it's, I think it'll be a great addition. Let's talk a little bit about
0: the team. Uh, again, we're coming from to you from the uh, on-location Aquarius Home Services studio here at Elsie's. Again, two-for-one grain belt, September 14th, our next live show at Kowalski's in Woodbury at 6 p.m. Definitely come on out. We have a microphone there if you have any questions. Um, had what do
1: some of the Swedish people think about uh, Liam Algram? Um They
0: love the kid. I uh, Think he's going to be awesome. He's signed, obviously, with Forrestad, so he's going to be on a really good team uh, this year. Um, they they think he's going to be a heck of a player and, and, and pro-ready when he comes over here. Um, and they uh, a couple people I talked to also just raved and raved about Volstadt, and, uh, but but basically said to me, don't think that Gustafson is just going to hand over the reins to him in a couple years, which is what Gustafson essentially said to me the other day as well.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure Fleury is going to hand over the reins to Gustafson. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I, I think... It's a position that's got to be earned, and yep. we talked a little bit about this. I did a show on NHL Network Radio a week or so ago. They do a preview with each team, and I was one of the guests they had, and they asked me about Gus, and I said, you know, the, I think what people have to remember is he was only the number one goalie for two months. He really got became the number one guy mm-hmm. in mid-February and was the guy until mid-April, and his run was impressive. He went 11-1-6 in 18 starts down the stretch. He had... There's only Linus Allmark, had a better goals against and save percentage, but it was two months. It wasn't six months. It wasn't the grind of an entire season. And even while he was in that stretch, Fleury played 13 games. It wasn't like he played 18 in, out of 22. He played 18 out of 31. It'll be different if you're the number one guy and you play 55 or 58 games over the course of the season and handle that responsibility mentally and physically. I don't know that it's a given that he's ready for that yet. I, I think all indications are that he that he might be, and he, he was certainly good down the stretch. He was better than Fleury down the stretch. But I still think there's some questions that have to be answered about this guy.
2: I talked
0: to Freddie Shabbat, the Wilds goalie coach, yesterday, in fact, and he essentially said what you just said, is that, like, look, at the beginning of the year, he anticipates it's going to be a lot like next last year, where Fleury and, and Gus essentially split starts, and then in the second half, whoever earns it gets it. And that could be flurry, um, no matter who just signed the three-year deal. Um, I talked to Devin Dubnik today because Dubnik, I mean, the last time any player, any goalie on the wild were in this type of role, it was Duby after he was acquired in 2015. And I asked him, you know, what is the biggest thing that changed for you when you signed your contract? Now, granted, um, Dubnik's contract was a six-year deal, four-plus, and, you know, a little very much different than a three-year at whatever Gus signed at. Um, but what he said is the biggest thing that Gus is going to have to tackle in his own mind and everybody is different is that is that when you sign the big contract, you start to think that, all right, now I have to be the number one and play like the number one. And then you start to change the way thinking that you had to do more rather than just realizing, you know, what you did last year was good enough. And so we'll see how Gus handles that. Um, as you said, he's an interesting cat. Um, he's a quirky guy. And, um, you know, from sitting down with him the other day, he doesn't at least in that setting seem intimidated, to say the least.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of what I was referring to, that Mm -hmm. there's just a different there's a different responsibility that you have. And and it happens in every sport when guys sign the big deal. We talk about it with baseball guys a lot where they some of them think they have to be a different player. Well, now I sign this big deal. Now I have to hit more home runs or now I have to. I have to do something differently than I did to get the deal. And that's not necessarily the case. You sign the deal based on the type of player you are, now just but it, but it isn't as easy as that. Yeah. You, st- you, have, yeah. you, have to, you have to be able to just stay with, this yeah. is how I got where I am. And this is, this is what earned me the deal in the first place.
0: Yeah. And you do have to perform. I remember I, remember in, uh, I, co- I was covering the Panthers in 98, and uh, the Panthers signed a guy to a... I think it was three years, $9 million at that. And at that point, that's a huge contract, right? And I remember when they, the player got traded, uh, I'm basically giving away who it was, but he was traded in the Beret deal. Uh, Brian Murray, as he walked out the door, went up to this player and says, hey, when I gave you that contract, I meant for you to retire after the contract, not during. <laughs> so, like, big ouches, to say the least. Um, so uh, I was, I was uh, hosting on on the fan the other day at the State Fair, and had Vinny Leterion as my guest. And, uh, man, he's always an impressive guy, impressive interview. It was fun talking to him for about 45 minutes. And that's going to be a fascinating little thing in, in training camp, right? The Wild, as we know, with Kalen Addison on sign, don't have a lot of cap space as it is. When Kalen signs, depending on how much he gets over the league minimum, will really um, hamper the Wild's ability to even have a 13th forward on the roster. Um, uh, Vinnie's at 775, which is a good thing for him, money-wise, if they feel like they're going to keep that. But, you know, it is, it's going to be fascinating to watch Marco Rossi versus Vinny Letarian Camp, because Vinny, just by nature of the way he skates and the skill that he brings and his speed, you're just probably going to notice him a little more. And it's just going to be fascinating to watch the two of them. I think, obviously, Rossi would have the inside track, but it's going to be interesting.
1: I'd be shocked if Rossi didn't start the season yeah. on the roster and Vinnie did. I think... Vinny will be the first guy tab, no matter what. No matter if it's a third or fourth line guy or a top six type guy that needs to be replaced. But I don't think there's any question that when the team's at home, there won't be a thirteenth player on the roster. Yeah, as often. long as Iowa's not in in like you know northeast Ontario
0: or California right. or something the, like that
1: on a Canadian road trip. Yeah, odds are decent. There might be a thirteenth yeah. forward with you for a few days, but I think it'll be a lot of movement to try to save dollars by the day by managing the roster um and obviously this is what anthony just said is really
0: boring injury Uh, if the wild have injuries in camp up front you know vinnie then has a better chance of making the team
1: we've got a couple cool events coming up and for that we've reserved spots at moe's we're going to the ice house up at fogarty arena for this year's donkey hockey league draft they've got a great banquet room so if you're going to need a spot for a meeting like that want to have great food while you're there check it out they've got a great setup there i've got a fantasy football draft coming up at the old traditional Mo's in moundsview and while you're there they got some great cocktails i like i'm a big fan of rosie's mary mule i'm a moscow mule fan and this one adds a little splash of cranberry juice to it so check it out Mo's either in moundsview or at the ice house at fogarty arena
3: Open a 5.30% annual percentage yield, 11-month certificate from Royal Credit Union. Open now at rcu.org slash certificate 530. Early withdrawal penalties could reduce earnings and principal. APY accurate as of 8-21-23. Insured by NCUA.
0: Take a deep breath and listen up. Aquarius Home Services is here to improve your indoor air quality like never before. With our incredible deal, you can get up to $400 off a whole home air purification system. Are allergies, coughing, or congestion a constant struggle? Well, it might be time for an indoor air quality system. Say goodbye to contaminants like dust, dirt, pollen, dander, bacteria, smoke, dust mites, and more, leaving you with a fresh and healthy atmosphere in your home. Experience cleaner air today and grab our exclusive offer of up to $400 off a whole home air purification system. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. Um, let's talk about Rossi, um, and again, you spent time with the coaching staff. You know, Marco Rossi, um, obviously, last year, led the league in preseason points. We learned very quickly that that means nothing. Um, if you, you know, so we're, uh, if we see that again this year, I'm definitely not going to pump that up as much as maybe I did last year when I was like, oh, another, you know, he's now got 10 points, 12 points, whatever it is. Um, you know, he showed every inkling or every, um, you know, evidence all throughout this summer, Anthony, that, that he is determined and mature to make this team. He decided to not go home for the majority of the summer. He stayed here. Um, and now he's going to come into camp and they really need him to show something. But how much is it also on the coaching staff to just say, hey, look, I, I get that Eric Sinek and Johansson and Boldy are going to probably start off together and probably Hartman, Zuccarello and Kaprizov. So that puts Rossi with Felino and Goudreau, which doesn't put him in the greatest position to maybe pile up a lot of points. How much do you think it is on the coaching staff at some point if he shows that he is ready to maybe elevate him in the lineup and, and give him that opportunity to play with the puck a little more?
1: Yeah, I think he has to show it, but my guess would be you probably see him in the role you just defined, and then some special teams where you have opportunities to play with more skilled players, mm-hmm. and potentially pile up a few points there to gain some confidence. But he's got to earn those. You're not just going to hand him minutes and take them away from any of the six you mentioned if those guys are playing the way that they've always played. Mm-hmm. And you look at the, the numbers that the Boldy-Eriksson-Johansson combo put up once they were together those last 20 games. Boldy had 23 points in the 20 games. Johansson had 18. If they're scoring at a clip like that, you're not going to just say, well, yeah. hey, we'd like to give Marco Rossi a chance to to add some points. It, it isn't going to be gifted. He's going to have to earn it. Yeah. And I think they'll find ways to get him shifts here or there with skilled guys, whether it be special teams or spotting Kaprizov a shift every once in a while on that line with an offensive zone face off or something just to, to give him some chances to play with those guys. But, I mean, this – He's got to play his way into the top six.
0: Yeah, I look forward to seeing how he looks in training camp. I mean, again, you don't know everything that you see in training camp, but pace of play is going to be the one that I really look at. It did, his, it did his skating and his pace improve? Because that's where, to me, he didn't look like an NHL player last year. He just, you know, he's got to, uh, you know, you're not going to turn this kid into, uh, into Kevin Fiala in terms of speed or, or even a Vinny Letteri, but he's got to get, he's
1: got to be more visible. Yeah, even the, just the first couple steps yeah. where I think it's straight line skating. He's probably fine, but those first couple steps, and he had to be stronger on some pucks for sure. He, was not, he wasn't rigid enough, I don't think. But they liked his game in terms of responsibility mm-hmm. and attention to detail, which is a good thing because if you don't have that, that's tough to instill in a player. Right. So no pressure on you all, but when we were at Split Rocks a couple
0: of weeks ago, uh, the questions were absolutely outstanding. Um, they really were. Uh, Like I thought it was one of our better better questions questions
1: shows we've had yep,
0: so uh, here we go We're gonna start off with the the guy wearing a a Toronto Maple Leafs uh, captaincy t-shirt Let's see if you let's see can you pick up that that microphone without knocking the net off the moorings well, that was an underrated
1: joke, do not you think? an underrated joke. I was more worried about the microphone being on the back of the head. Yeah, there we go. The, there we go. Did
0: you hey, like the joke? That was good. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of bad. I'm not saying that Matt Murray does it intentionally, but I am.
2: Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm 60 years old. This is kind of a question. You look N- great. Oh, thank you. On the NHL All-Star Game, it was the biggest night of the winter when I was growing up in the early 70s watching uh, Dave Keon, Yvonne Kornway, Mahovlich, Hull, Orr, etc. And they actually played the game. They checked. They didn't run, guys, but it was 4-3, 5-4 games. Just terrific. Uh, The last 20 years, I haven't watched an All-Star game. It's absolutely unwatchable. Is there any chance they might go back to a different format where they actually play hockey instead of pond hockey?
0: It's on the players, and they're not going to do it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you know, we'll see. It's funny that you said this, because one of my biggest excitements about this upcoming season and this, this is like, you know, this, uh, it makes me feel like a horrendous, like, you know, like because pe- people give anything to cover one of these things if you're a hockey fan. I hate it, to your point. Hate it. Other than the interviewing of the players before and after the games. Um, and one of my biggest excitements is at the games in Toronto this season. I know we have an army of writers up there for the athletics, so I don't have to go. So, like, I just am assuming that I do not have to cover the All Star game and and, and do that. Um, You know, other than, I mean, the best part of it is the the days or two before when you get to interview all these guys. But to your point, I remember talking to Danny Potvin about the All Star games that he used to play in, and he used to say that he'd be in the Eastern Conference locker room. He'd have a stall right next to Bobby Clark, and they wouldn't even say hello to each other, not even talk. Like, it was like they, they brought that hatred in. I don't think it's possible
1: to play that well, way anymore. These I guys are all... they. I think it's different. Yeah. And baseball's the one game that can be played the same way in an All-Star game because there's no physical contact. And But even the Baseball All-Star game has changed. The intensity used to be great when there wasn't interleague play. It was the only time these guys went against each other. But in basketball, football, and hockey, I feel like when you pl- try to play it the in the normal format, five-on-five five for hockey... The guys just don't care, and they, nobody wants to get hurt.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I really thought when they went to the three-on-three that it had a chance because guys are competitive. If, if they play three-on-three at practice, the guys play harder yeah. against each other than they do in the All-Star game. Plus they get and, a million-dollar prize yeah, now, and so and they're so, splitting up And that's money. what I thought might be enough to yeah. get guys to at least – three-on-three hockey is safe. Nobody's going to get hurt. They don't check. there's no reason why you couldn't play that the same way you play three-on-three overtime during the regular season. And I thought by having a prize like that that there was some way you could make it so that it mattered to guys if they won or lost, but it hasn't. And all it takes is one guy coasting and making a joke of it. And what we've talked about off the air before and what what I would try to do is say, look, if it doesn't matter to you, then don't come. And we'll find... Twelve guys from the division for whom it does matter and get guys maybe it's guys who are making less money i, I don 't know if money's the answer or if it's if there's some other bonus that you could give players that would make them compete because if you could make it so that the guys would play hard in the, I think the three on three could be fun to watch in that kind of format yeah it's never going to work five on five yeah. nobody wants to. Nobody wants to check. Nobody wants to block a shot. Nobody wants to that, – that, it just isn't going to work. So guys are going to be getting out of the way, and it becomes a joke. Yeah. This
0: past All-Star game was interesting, you know, with the Kachuk brothers there. Obviously, Matthew being from Florida and the game in Florida. Those two lit it up. Um, but then there are some guys like, uh, like uh, number there. 97 on the wild who could not have made it more obvious on the ice that he didn't want to be there.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like I, I, I the I, skills thing the yeah. night before was a joke. With yeah. all, I thought it was terrible. It, if you want to do a hardest shot contest or an accuracy thing, I mean, though I think fans are interested in that fastest skater. But the little skits that they were doing, that, it just did nothing for me. I'm, uh, I, I had almost zero interest in watching any of it. Yeah. Looking What's
3: forward, that? looking forward to like the Marcus, not Marcus Fellino, He'd be too good for an all-star game. Like the the Jake Middleton All-Star Game.
0: Well, like when uh, John Scott was there, remember the, uh, the uh, who was it, Rory Fitzpatrick that played for the Canucks, he never made it, but there was like a joke campaign on it, where it was, like there were actually like campaign videos to try to get Rory Fitzpatrick on the All-Star Game. They're like, you know, Scott Niedermeyer, this mini- I remember you could watch on YouTube, he's like, the mini- uh, so talking about me, they quoted an, art- an article that I said, Minneapolis Star Tribune says that Scott Niedermeyer skates effortlessly. <laughs> you want an effortless skater in the All-Star You know, like, stuff like that. Uh, the John Scott one was a bit of a joke. Uh, you yeah. know, I don't, want, I don't like to see it, like, uh, where it's a sham. Like, I remember one of our hockey writers voted for, like, Bugard and George Rock for the Lady Bing one year. I don't think we ever let him vote again. Um, but, uh, you know, like, 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 I don't, you know, like, so I don't want it to be a joke. No. But to your point, I, I don't know what can be done. Because the other part of it is this is not yesteryear. These guys fraternize during the summer, they're all buddies, they're all well, they're making the, golf dates literally right. on the ice, you know, I
1: mean But the and they make more money, so the money part is yep. is strange. But what's what I what has surprised me is these guys are so competitive that if you put a ping pong paddle in their hand in the locker room, yep. they compete against each other. If you put golf clubs in their hands when they're on these a day off road trip where they've got team bonding things. They, are, they did the amazing race thing, and they were competitive as hell. Like, they, they'll fight tooth and nail for this stuff, but then you put them in the All-Star game, and it's, it's almost like I don't want to be the one guy out here that looks like he's trying hard, and I, I'm not sure why. It, yeah. it surprises me. I think you what you got to do is tell these guys, all right, you know what you do when
0: you play the amazing race and you golf and you ping-pong, how you're gambling on the side, but nobody really knows it? That's what you got to do is like go and tell them before the All-Star game, like, All Star game. Here's what you need to do. Legal. Yeah, all gambling is legal. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys, trust me, like the money that they're going to gamble in that locker room is going to be more money than the purse anyway. You know, what, what is it? They, they, I think they get a million dollars, but they're like, you know, I forget how many people on the team, so it works out to like 90 something thousand a, a player minus taxes. The, these, I mean, these guys, what, that does nothing the, for them.
1: What would the number have to be? Because Get a sponsor know. that's willing to throw $5 bucks to the winning team and split it. There's got to be a number that would make guys say. Maybe the part right of it is, is
0: just the, the that it's gambling with each other. So even if it's the monetary, even if the, so the, the number isn't the big winners? Yeah, like even if the number's oh, not big work. enough,
1: you know, that's what it yeah. does. You he know? said, hey, the losing team's yeah. got to, each of you guys has to walk over into their locker room and hand each of those guys <laughs> <laughs> fifty grand. <laughs> yeah. Now you'd have some guys that would compete. Exactly. I, uh,
3: just, I just want to be clear, also, that I would lead the Jake Middleton right in campaign. I just—that was not no shade on yeah. Jake Middleton.
0: Uh, I actually got that would to- be fun. I mean, yep. they're, like to Anthony's point before. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to watch the All-Star game, but you know, if if you don't want to be there, well, who wants to be there? You bet you darn bottom dollar. Jake would. I know. You know, the the thing that was tough with the, with Kaprizov, and obviously, I've never actually asked him about this. Actually, I did. I'm sorry, I did ask him about it, and he he at least portended that it didn't bother him, but it had to be hard for him. Like the one cool thing, we talk about the wild locker room, and I know some people roll their eyes about how close these guys are, but the fact that during an All-Star game, pretty much every single player went together to Cabo, it tells you how, how absolutely close this locker room is. So Kaprizov, who's in tune with social media, is seeing all these pictures of all his teammates together in Cabo while he's in South Florida, I'm sure there's part of them that's like, this is BS that I'm here. And on this team, I'm going to probably be here every single year for the rest of my career. So now I asked him about that, and he's like, no, I have had a great time. I hung out with Sorokin and Shusterkin all weekend. He came down early and hung out. One of them has a home down there. and So he was saying that he had a great time, but you know he wished he was, you know, hanging out with, with his buddies in, in Cabo. That's you interesting know? angle.
3: Okay, I actually got up to ask about women's hockey,
0: mm-hmm. um,
3: naturally. Uh, so the league announcement today, pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, I actually thought the most interesting thing in Haley Salvian's story was that the Minnesota team is going to potentially play at the XL Energy Center. And I was wondering if you can confirm yes. at this point? Yeah,
0: so, I mean, there's gonna be, the way it's gonna work is there are gonna be some neutral site games, but when they're in town, I'm hearing they're gonna be at the XL Energy Center. Um, I think there's gonna be some cool announcements coming in the next couple of days of, of, uh, who's gonna also like, like, I think there's going to be some local, um, you know, uh, players that are legends here that are going to be a big part of this team. Like, one person that makes a lot of sense to me is Natalie Darwitz. Um, you know, it would not shock me if she's going to be involved. And I think there's going to be others as well. Um, and, uh, you know, but there's a lot of details that still need to be worked out. The one thing about this press conference today that I gather from talking to a lot of people and talking to and, and reading the tea leaves is it was a real... Like, one of Minnesota has not been part of this. There were a couple teams that were essentially markets that thought they were in it that are no longer in it, and some that just were added. And Minnesota's one of the recent teams that became. So I do think that the press conference might have been a little premature and they, uh, to, to have all this right now. And so there are a lot of details right now for the Minnesota franchise to work out with the Wild to even put their games at XL Energy Center. But when they're in town, I do believe that it's going to be there. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I, I just think that there's going to be some cool people that, that we know well here in the Twin Cities because women's hockey has been so huge here, especially at the U, um, that we're going to see them involved. And, again, Natalie Darwitz is the one that makes the most sense to me.
3: I just wanted to ask if – so, like, it's a big arena, and then, you know, there's this sort of, like, do you do a smaller barn that you could more easily fill? You know, yeah. arguing about this at work today, and I was just – Curious to hear what the calculation is there. Is there a business decision about, like, this league is going to need gate revenue? or? Yeah, I mean,
0: that's the type of stuff. It just seems a little like, you know, are they going to be able to fill that barn? Obviously, I don't think not. Uh, That would be my guess. Um, And so I don't know what the ticket prices are going to be. This is what I mean. There's a lot of things that have not been worked out. Like, what I hear from behind the scenes is that the Wild have been talking to them for a while and still don't have exactly uh, what the... uh, details are of how this is all going to work um so it'll be uh, but i i talked to bill daly coincidentally the other day about this in in um in in stockholm and he definitely thinks he definitely says the league is going to be cooperative with this they're going to have uh you know the nhl is going to be supportive teams have the right to also um you know with guidance from the nhl have relationships with the with the uh women's teams that are in their markets things like that
4: Hello, how's hey, it going? Today? How are you? Good. Uh, <clears throat> going on the women's thing, first question's for Anthony. Uh, I, we really enjoyed Gigi Marvin on the broadcast. Uh, I don't remember last year if she was on. Is she coming back or is she not involved anymore? Her schedules didn't work? I'm
1: not sure. I don't know that they've finalized yet this year's plan, but Gigi was great. And she wasn't with us last year, she was with us the year before. And she just wanted to step away at the end of the oh. year. It was not a Bally's decision. She just wanted to step away. I think she just had some other things going on in life. And, and, and she lives quite, up in. She uh, lives in Waro. Uh, yeah, World, yeah so. so, I mean, she was, like, commuting on, yeah. the, on, the, on the Marvin
0: plan down yeah. here. Uh,
1: and do and she, I think at some point, would, I would assume at some point she'll likely be back. But I think she just wanted to do some other things first and, and then figure it out. But she was she was really good. She was a natural. She had some natural camera presence to her, and was mm-hmm. a knowledgeable hockey person, and uh, seemed really comfortable on the pre and post game shows. So, uh, I, I I know we'd love to have her back when she's ready to dive back into TV.
4: Yeah, because with the women's thing coming, that'd be a, another natural fit. And the other thing is, the NHL dropped the ball, in my opinion, from the Kendall Schofield coin or however you say her last name, from her all-star appearance in The Fastest Skater uh, in 2018 or whenever they did that. They never capitalized on that momentum that that generated, especially from Twitter and stuff. So would they include women more in the live all-star bits? Because that's what I want to see. I have a 13-year-old daughter that plays hockey. And so to see have her see women play or do all-star events. See adventure. how their skills... Match up, yeah, or and the fact that they're
1: right—that they're even that their skills aren't that different. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, and I think the—that's why I think the league isn't. I mean, this the league isn't going to make money being a part of a win. It's going to cost them money, mm-hmm. but the NBA did it with the WNBA to really try to help grow the sport, knowing that the teams were going to have to foot the bill for it for a while to get it going. And I think the NHL knows the importance of women's hockey. It's from a selfish standpoint, it's helping to generate fans for their own product. Mm-hmm. But it's it's good for the game to have more girls playing, more women playing, and I think eventually they'll figure out a way to do it. But I, there's just so many details that have to be that have to be worked out.
4: And then my last question is: so for the prospects showcase, uh, when does it start, and who are the coaches that are running it from the wild side?
0: Um, it starts the 13th. Um, the games will be, I believe, the 15th and 16th. Um, right now, the Wild are in the impression that Bedard's coming. Um, I, I just talked to somebody in St. Louis that said the Blues are going to essentially have their practices there and fly up on the 15th for the game. So I don't think the teams are going to be in town for a while. Um, I'll be fascinated to see how the Wild, if, especially if Bedard's coming, how they divvy up the tickets. Because obviously, I think last year we went to season tickets, but I mean, if Bedard's here, that's going to generate a lot of interest in Tria's um, they've got to have the games at TRIA, can't be at XL Energy Center yet because they're putting the ice plan in. Um, so, um, uh, but that's the way it's going to work. I don't have details on how you're going to be able to watch, uh, but the games are supposed to be the 15th and the 16th. Hey, Hi. what's up?
2: Well, I'm not going to ask about why they built the temples in the Valley of the Temples, because <laughs> I know now. <laughs> yes, that was the
0: best question of our trip yeah. to Sicily.
2: Thank you, yeah. thank you very much. No. Um,
0: I was hoping somebody was going to ask it because I didn't have the guts, but you just did it. And I just he, did. And he, and it was, you know?
1: Do you remember yeah. the answer? Not really. It
4: was, or is it, are we Minnesota nice? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't know if it has anything to do with Minnesota nice, but it has to do with the leadership group, and it starts with the captain. He's a unbelievably yeah. inclusive guy. I'd say if you compare it to other sports, hockey locker rooms are typically tighter, but I think the Wild is abnormal among NHL yep. locker rooms but I, I, I will say that there's these are the guys we're around every day so you see it more if you talk to the guys like when we were, when yeah, we was, watched Dallas close up yeah. in the playoffs, they're pretty tight too. Yeah, and I was just
0: talking to Lynn Holm and he's like you have no idea how tight our locker room is. While I was talking to another player there that told me he's like it was a freaking gong show in our room last oh. year. I'll tell you, <laughs> tell you who that was after. Um, right. But uh, yeah, but,
1: but like the Dallas room was tight. They yeah. have a, they have a pretty good team chemistry too. And so I think it's, I think it's prevalent throughout the league. But it is different yeah. in Minnesota right now than it has been.
2: Good, good. Um, second question: Does Dean Evason? Does he ever change his facial expression? I mean, is it like when he's happy, he looks like that when he's sad, when he's mad? I'm not quite sure. And you saw him yeah. on the golf course today. Yeah,
1: I did. He changes his facial expression more on the golf course than on the bench. <laughs> um, he's, a, yeah, he's a fiery guy, and he doesn't hide his emotions when they're discussed. Like it, when, I think all it would take is a referee to walk in the room, and you'd see his facial expression change. Yeah. And he has a, he's intense, and... When he's in, watch his celebrations when they win in overtime. <laughs> I mean, that, he's a, he has a, his, I think he wears his emotions on his sleeves a little bit. He tries to stay stoic, but he can't do it.
0: Yeah. And uh, he coaches the way he played. I mean, he was like that as a player. I covered him as a player, not personally, but I covered him and I remember him. And he was hard-nosed player for a guy that's not very big. Um, and to Anthony's point about refs, it will be, um, you know, I think, all of us would be interested in to see how he is with the refs this year, because I think he's gonna make a concerted effort to try to chillax a bit. Um, and, and I think he's worried that it also rubs off on the team. I
2: think that's one of the big things he's gonna try to change this year. What's up? Hey, what's up? How are you? Good. So this is a little off, off the beaten path as far as hockey, but first question to Anthony. You know, we talk and joke about you opening a restaurant. And you know, I follow you on Twitter, both of you obviously. And you're, and Russo would not lie for you. I mean, you go to his house all the time to eat. I mean, he's a fan. I fantastic- talked it about
0: it on the fan today.
2: Right, yeah. okay. Yeah. So in all seriousness, are you contemplating at all getting into the restaurant business, either not, either in the near future or after you retire?
1: Well, if I could have Margot mute this right now. So is there a way to do that, Brandon? Like, can you mute this so that she can't <laughs> hear it, but other people could? And also know. the first half of the show. Yeah. I would, I would love to do it. There's no chance Margot would let me do it. Um, but it's, I don't know enough about the restaurant business. I would love to be involved with somebody who does. And well, you know, be involved. Lou, I do. I, I, and I don't think Lou, um, Lou thinks he knows the restaurant <laughs> business. I think, okay. yeah. But I, and he knows food and wine, and that's I would love to do that. I, I really would. We actually talked about this the other day. Like if we were. I gave him an idea that he yeah. said, it's not the stupidest idea. That's
0: the first time you've ever said something so nice to me. I, said, <laughs> I gave you an idea, and you're like, actually, that's not yeah, the yeah, stupidest idea you've
1: ever said. A little like coffee and wine type bar with music and food. It would be, I would love to do it. I really would. I love food. I love wine. I'd love to, at some point, maybe, it's, maybe we're not that far off now that I'm officially, I've been an empty nester for like 72 hours. My youngest just left for school. So I've got. We have maybe more free time in the next couple of years. But yeah, I would love. It would be a lot of fun. It. And, um, it's gonna be no all kind of, my vices. We're gonna have yeah. wine room here, espresso
0: here, cigar room here. Yeah, like one that. of
1: my one of my favorite nights I've had recently was I did a, a dinner for charity at Baltimore Restaurant in Roseville, where they sold some tickets at the table, and I went in and and when he first when I said I would do it, I really think. He thought I just would put my name on it and help serve, and I was like, "No, no, no! I'm coming in to cook." And so I went in there at like noon and was in their kitchen, used their kitchen all day, and I absolutely loved it. It was, it was fun, and so I would love to, but I would want to be hands-on with it. I wouldn't just want to attach a name to it. I agree. Want to, and I'm the first one to tell you, like I'm, I think when it comes to people who cook dinner in their own kitchen, I think mine's pretty good. I'm not a chef. I'd there, I'd have a lot to learn before. Diving into it, so but you'd I'd have, have a lot to learn. I would.
2: Well, so you'd have a lot to learn. Right, which Again, would be fun. Again, it's a fun thing. Yeah. The thing is, is that and I'll play devil's advocate here. You know, you say Margo is against it.
1: Well, she's against it because she knows what's in our bank account, and she wouldn't want to <laughs> take the risk of arrest. We need to get, get investors to do this. So so I'm not
0: saying that we'll risk our own money.
1: Okay, yeah. well then I'm in.
2: Well, I mean, you would <laughs> well, think Brandon. Nowhere we're going to have a podcast room in the back <laughs> yeah, too of right. this wine and Well, you restaurant. would think that with your name. And I'm guessing you've got a lot of followers on Twitter. I never look at what, you're, what you've got. But, you know, you've got this growing reputation as, as really being able to put together really great meals, and you know seem to know your wines frontwards and backwards. I would think with your connections that you would have little trouble getting investors to invest in your restaurant.
1: Yeah, it's possible. We've, I have had a couple friends who years ago, came and talked to me about it, and, and we actually got to the point where we were looking at a space one time, but then it didn't work out for some other reasons, but it, um, I would love to do it, and yeah, maybe we'll maybe look at it a little more seriously as we move forward, and you know, I I don't know if the, I, I I love it, I'd love to do the research, I'd love to continue to try, because I I do truly enjoy it, it's been a huge part of our family's life, and I will say, like when I walk around the even target field, these I bet I get stopped to talk about food and wine as much as I get stopped to talk about the Minnesota twins when I'm at these games. What are you making for dinner tonight? You know what kind of steaks are you grilling tonight or or people telling me what kind of steak they got and how how do you make it how do you and you know that we had some people here who are on our Sicily trip, and I've been for the last month copying some things we had there, some of the pastas that we had as like early courses in the meal rather than a main course and just had my son and his girlfriend were home for a wedding and we're like, hey, we're going to, we made caponata that we had had in Sicily all this time. And my son was like, say that word again. I don't know what it is. I was like, caponata. And I said, we just had it in Sicily. This is my third try making it. I'm getting closer. So I, I love that kind of stuff. I love to try it and then try to match it. And it'd be fun if we had to take business trips over to Italy to sample wine and that would be fun
0: i'll be that'll be my role um i love the idea can can i
1: can i be there
0: when margo can you assure that i am there when margo listens to this podcast i just want (laughs) to sit on the couch with popcorn and just watch every moment i
2: might have gotten myself in
1: some trouble on this show
2: (laughs) yeah well it'd be to our benefit so Second. And
0: hey, Brandon, right now, the title, Margo's gonna be pissed. Yeah, there, <laughs> you, go. That, there you
2: go. There that, you That'll make
1: sure. I so actually had a buddy, we did a fantasy football draft last night and one of the young guys, uh, Bob, AJ's college buddy, is there and he shows up and I had heard, because my son AJ was in town for this wedding and he said, hey, tomorrow night Bob's getting a, this guy's coming to draft for Bob, because Bob found out at the wedding on Saturday that it was his wife's birthday on Sunday, so therefore he couldn't come to the draft. And all of a sudden, Bob walks into the draft. And I said, Bob, I thought you weren't coming. He said, Yeah, well, the guy who was going to fill in couldn't be here. And so she's pretty pissed because I'm here on her birthday. And he said, But you know, he said, You get out of dog houses sometimes, don't you? <laughs> I said, Well, I've been living in one for about 31 years. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you usually get out every once the, the in a while. The good way of getting
0: out of a dog house is like you on the train, not even know you're in the dog house. There are
1: some times <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure. That's, yeah. Um, she, yeah, her, Mar, it actually makes Margot mad that I don't realize when I'm getting the silent treatment, because there was one time, I guess she'll love this podcast now, <laughs> was a few years back she came walking into the kitchen one day and she said, do you even realize I've been giving you the silent treatment for the last few days? <laughs> and I didn't, so it was, um, I'm not I actually sure. remember this. Yeah, it was
2: Okay, anyway, yeah. You have a, yeah, I have a let's go back question, to
1: talking right. about the restaurants. No, 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 but I mean,
2: <laughs> this is great because this is the first time, as far as I know, on these podcasts or anywhere that you actually seriously answered the question about what you think about opening one. Yeah. So my second question, which has nothing to do with that. Is All
0: investors, forth.
2: email MRusso at theathletic.com. <laughs> yeah. yep. But this one's for Russo, and, um, you know, everybody loves the, when the players come to the podcast, right? And you've had Spurgeon on. You had uh, Middleton last, or a couple podcasts ago. Mm -hmm. And I guess my question is, we'd love to see more. I think everybody would love to see more players here. What kind of hoops do you have to jump through to get a player to come on the podcast? Um, Not a lot. I mean, like Garen, I
0: just, when when Garen comes on, that's usually my other one. I mean, it's literally just a text. The Middleton one... I just, honestly, it was a text to Aaron Sickman, You asked him, and he wrote back, said Middleton's in. Um, the, Spur- the Spurgeon, that whole big one here was, uh, that one, I went through Andrew Height, because it was his charity event that he was running for the Wild Foundation, um, and that one, he essentially put together, I, you know, put who I requested, I told him I already had Eric Stohansky set up, he brought in uh, Ostertag and Dubnik, and uh, I got Prosser, I think, and he got Spurge and all that, so it's not a lot. I've, I've said this a thousand times. I I was talking about it on the radio today that um, when you, when you cover the wild, we are really blessed by an incredible PR staff and an incredible locker room. I mean, um, you know, and, and all these guys on this team, it's just like, you know, Laterry the other day, I just, it went to him, you know, whenever I have a question like, Hey, I need dirt on a player to, (laughs) to, you know, I was in Switzerland on this train and I texted about five or six wild players from the train. I'm like, Hey, give me something to ask Eric Snack about. And I got, like, five leads that are probably going to wind up being huge parts of the story just on them saying, ask him about this, ask him about that. Um, same thing with Gus.
1: So um, The only thing, is, it's just tough during the season yeah. because their off nights are yeah. so infrequent. Like, right? during and the season, you know, same thing in this.
0: Hard. Yeah, the straight from the source, I, I, I the see I do that a little that more The difference too,
1: is, is it's not in person. Right. So it can be done at the rink. Yeah. F- so they, they do a podcast. Yeah. They, they do podcasts where they can be recorded right there when they walk off the practice rink. But yeah. To get them on an off night to come during to the season like is very this, difficult. That's a lot to ask. Yeah,
2: Garin's the one that's the easiest. I, I, everybody loves Garrett. I mean, you can't help but like that guy. So last thing, okay. So let's take the players out of the equation. What about Leopold or Everson?
0: Um, Heveson doesn't love it. I've done
2: one with him. I did yeah. during
0: the pandemic. Uh, Leopold, I've never done one, but I
2: here. Oh, or-
0: I could ask uh Craig Easley to come here. I, I think, yeah, I, I bet you Craig would do it. Yeah. I think that would yeah. be a fan. Maybe thing. we'll ask him uh, for the. Uh, I don't want to put it actually out there, but I, I have I have an idea of a pod that I'll try to get him to come out. Now. But I, see- bet,
1: I bet we could get Dean to come on once. I don't yeah. think he would. I think you have started, to arrange that one. I can try. I think as and he, he said might it, limit me to a number of questions. And there might be a <laughs> plexiglass shield between the two of you. <laughs> um, but he uh, I think he would preface it by saying I'll do it, but I'm going to do it once. And that's it. Don't ever ask me again. Yeah. Dean and I are getting along well, but they haven't played a game in about five <laughs> months. So uh, that's
0: that's yeah. probably part of the reason there are certain points of the year when I know it's Might be time to bite my my tongue uh, right now. Um, I think that's that's it. Uh, Great questions uh, today. Um, By the way, what is on the schedule? We have the big uh, is it September tenth meal that you're making for some lucky winners on our Sicily trip? Yeah. And and, and Uh, what's on the menu for
1: that? Well, our friends at Kowalski's are going to help us out with steaks, So I got to talk to Troy about which cut we're going to use. I haven't decided yet for that night. There will be a we'll do a pasta. I actually I copied a pasta that we had. One of the off nights in Syracusa there, we had a, it was just a simple lemon, pepper, and pecorino pasta that I tried to match. I came pretty close last night. I added some toasted pancetta to it that was really good. So we'll probably have that as a, we'll have charcuterie for sure from the cheesemonger spot at Kowalski's, which can never go wrong there. They won't be disappointed and they won't be hungry when they leave. Mm. How about that? Um,
0: since one of the, uh, Lucky winners can't come to the uh, event. Can't we invite
1: the dolls and put some eggplant parmesan on there? Eggplant <laughs> <laughs> we, fun. Well, we talked about it actually. The um, we might, I think Margot might have talked to them or extend, because we figured they were the longest tenured guests we figured we'd give them first shot to fill the voided uh, seats. You got to put eggplant on the on the uh, like well, there's
0: eggplant, eggplant this, this eggplant It's got to be seven different I'll, eggplant know what I'll do? dishes.
1: I'll just and wine, right. We'll give him a beer glass but it will be filled with wine. Yeah. And we'll see if he can identify yeah. that it's wine and not beer. Yeah. Um but it we'll put I'll just make the caponata that has eggplant in it so I'll he'll make never it know and I won't tell him. Nice. All right, um
0: Next live show, speaking Follow of down Kowalski's, he'll know, I guess.
1: yeah. Well, we'll cut that out of yeah. the
0: pod just for that, uh, Brandon. So you got one part of the pod that can't go to Margo and the other yeah. pod that can't go to the dolls. Um,
1: yeah, there's got to be security walls you can put up for that kind of stuff, aren't there?
0: <laughs> so I've never listened to any of her pods uh, ever uh, again. And uh, apparently, Bra- I've learned this recently that Brandon at the end of the uh, at the end of winners always puts on some sort of little funny thing on there. And uh, I've learned this recently. I still haven't heard one, but apparently it's always something that I say is stupid during a show. Yeah. Um, So it gives people an incentive to listen to the end of the best, one of the best trampled by
1: turtles. How do you determine which one to use? Do you just have a catalog of just (laughs) stupid things, i say?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks. Uh, So, again, September 14th at the Woodbury Kowalski, 6 p.m. So most of our podcasts are at 7. This one's outdoors at 6, uh, and we're doing it an hour early just because sunset's... around 7.30 that night, according to uh, my weather app, and that's uh, written by scientists. Um, And uh, so, again, 6 p.m., Kowalski's, September 14th, in Woodbury. Come on out to that. Our next live show here at Elsie's is the night of the first day of training camp, so we'll have a lot to talk about that day, September 21st, 7 p.m., uh, right here at Elsie's. Thanks to our incredible sponsors, obviously all the Tuttle's restaurants and Grain Belt, Aquarius Home Services, your installers of Connecticut Water Treatment Systems, Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Christendal Real Estate, Bosch Law Firm, Kowalski's, uh, Moe's Mo's Ice House, and Royal Credit Union. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you.
2: So much coming out, there's nothing going in. I know that you feel like you're never going to win. Oh, but the world won't forgive
0: a winner. Yeah, all gambling is legal. Yeah.